nothing like a fresh tizzy to start your podcast. Obviously, it was a crazy week one. There was uh, a lot of stuff that went on. Injuries, but that is clearly expected with no preseason and a limited, uh, you know, unless you play for the Giants, right? And Joe Judge is literally sending Danny Dimes out there to get fucking murdered. I mean, it worked, though, because look what Blitzberg did to him. Hey, same thing. Stop dissing Joe Judge, okay? Besides the fact he has probably one of the most skilled running backs in this generation, and he still managed to somehow make him break a record for least rushing attempts with, sorry, least rushing yards with 15 attempts. Like, how do you have negative six yards on 15 rushes? It's just terrible. But in all honesty, the Giants will line to pick it up because they were just letting everybody walk through. But anyway, that's just a little rant. I'm a little pissed off about that. But <clears throat> it was a fun week in fantasy for Lana when Brody had a matchup right to the end, really. And uh, the Fleming matchup did not disappoint. Even though Neller got hit with some injuries, he still put up a pretty damn respectable effort. And some people are just getting boned. Like, bad. I mean, Clarky. I mean, I'm not one to say that he picked the perfect team in the first place, but geez, I feel bad now because the lab is down and it's like, oh, it's running backs. That is what you want to see, dude. That is what you want to see. I'm going to get into my predictions for the upcoming week, boys, so let's get right into it. Well, last week I went four and two on my predictions, which seems to be a trend with me because... <clears throat> And I had the Instagram account and such. Same deal, yo. I went 4-2 and two every fucking week. So, anyway, we are going to get started this week. And first off, we have Show Me Your TDs versus Tax-Free Zone. And Legro's ducking on playing me in Madden right now, so I'm a little pissed at him. But I'm not going to go hard on him. I'm going to be fair. And I'm looking down the line here. And the big thing is, he doesn't have a safety in. No, I'm playing. But these teams are both obviously very skilled <clears throat> in their own respect. I think, honestly, we like what we saw from Joe Burrow in week one, despite the fact that he was literally being attacked on every fucking play, right? Like, the pressure was insane on the kid. But these are really two... Because Neller is also kind of hit with injuries, right? He doesn't have Miles Sanders, who is practicing, and Kenny Galladay in his lineup yet. So that depends on them. It really does. I'm going to say if they play, there's a really good chance that Neller does win. And um, honestly, he put up a really good fight last week. And I just honestly still like his team with the injuries. I mean, Christian Kirk, I think, is just not... That was kind of an outlier week. I'm not really expecting him to be, you know, the zero-fucking-point player or whatever he got last week. So, yeah, he got one catch for no yards. That'll get you. But... I don't know. I'm going to go with Neller on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the kid. He, he's a little pissed about last week. He wants a W. He talked to the boys. They showed him his tits. Oh, fucking nine yards. Now we got Brucetown B-Dog and the absolute piss dogs. I mean, yeah. But, yeah, this is Ben. But it's mostly because you got to think, my, this isn't just a diss to the piss dogs because they are our rivals. But Michael Thomas is out, and that alone is a pretty big blow. So, I mean, I know he does have Sanders, but it's like, I'm sorry, Sanders is no Michael Thomas. There's no way you can flip that. 
But him adding Hines to the lineup is actually pretty solid. So you know what? His team didn't take like like an enormous hit, but still pretty substantial with Michael Thomas loss. However, Ben's team is just like I mean, if you get that from Robbie Anderson, I am no think you're gonna get that from Robbie Anderson every week. But if this guy is even a, above a wide receiver or even a wide receiver two this year on fan in fantasy, like this team is just like wow. And Darius Slayton too. I mean, yeah. That's a little dangerous. I'm going to go with Ben on this one. No disrespect to the Piss Dogs. I think a win is, another win is coming for them in the near future, but it won't be in this week, I don't think. We're going to move on to Chark Week and the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. A couple fucking brethren going out of here. Not real brethren, but you know what I mean. A couple buddies. Buddy buddies. And we got... I'm not even going to diss Verlano because last week I gave him no shot. I just said, you know what, Brody's going to win this game. And Verlano almost pulled it out. So that's disrespectful by me. Despite the fact Cam Hayward got a bogus interception, it happens. It's fantasy. Got to look down the line here. Now, I think Sutton's got a real good chance to play. And Benny Snell looked good. And he's going to look good because Connor ain't going to be playing. And Andre Swift would have actually maybe had a decent, even a better stat line if he actually, you know, caught that ball. I don't know. For Lane and Seam, I think the uh, projections don't do him justice. The only position I'm not really sold on is um, Nikhil Harry. Everywhere else, respectful players as of this week. I do like the Benny Snell play a lot. But then you got Moose. He's got Mahomes, Ryan, Delvin, Kareem Hunt. Now, here's the thing. I am not sold on this whole Kareem Hunt is actually going to take all these Touches away from Nick Chubb. At least I wasn't. But last week was a little scary. You want to keep an eye on the Thursday night game and see how these... I know Baltimore was really focusing in on Chubb also. But, like, it's interesting to see how Stefanski uses both of them going forward. Because Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb had, like, the same amount of carries. And that's... I was expecting Kareem Hunt to be more involved in the passing game, like everyone was saying. And now he's taking carries from Chubb, where Chubb doesn't really get involved in the passing game. So that's not good for Ben right now, but we have to watch that. But I do like Kareem Hunt in fantasy as of right now. And Tariq Cohen honestly had a decent outing also. But I was I don't, the same Montgomery was 100%. So if he can honestly still play like this with Montgomery just a full go, that'll be an honestly solid flex or RB3 for Moose. Like, what are you going to do? However, Alexander Madison... You got to hope that he can, you know, blow a big run to actually get your decent points at flex. But if that's all, but I don't know about Madison and Jefferson. That's, that's, yeah, that's a little off for me. You know what? I would even, Denver's a tough matchup, but I love Chase Claypool. I know it's only 10 and a half what he put up last week, but it's like the kid's got talent. He's in that offense, whereas I understand Deontay Johnson and Juju are those top two. But the kid throws so many flashes. It's only week one, and he's making, you know, the level of catch that he made is like a Julio Jones-type catch. So it's like the kid has the talent. Big Ben and everyone's been hyping him up, and it's just like maybe not yet, but I think that can be Moose's flex eventually soon. Um, I'm going to give this one to Verleno. I like his matchups. So I'm going to give it to him. Next, we have the Kamish and BG. And I feel bad for Clark. I mean, obviously, he got hit pretty damn hard with some uh, 
unfortunate turns of events. But all in all, it's just Brody's team also kind of did. What are we going to get from Odell? He did get the targets, but you just need him to get on track. You need that. Will Fuller looked very good. Chris Carson, you mean you got to be a little, maybe a little scared of the fact Carlos Hyde is actually taking carries, but you got to keep an eye on that going forward. James Robinson looked good. Cam Akers looked good somewhat. He had a couple decent plays. Malcolm Brown looked better, but obviously they do want Akers to be the guy, but they do like Malcolm Brown also. That RB situation in LA Rams is something to watch going forward. But actually, um, I guess I, I didn't even say, I was like, why is Preston Williams in part? But he is Mike Evans at flex. But, Boy doesn't have a kicker in also. So it's going to be, honestly, like, pretty close. It all depends, I think, on the James Conner situation. He is, I think he didn't get that bad of an injury, but it depends how they use him. And Denver is a pretty strong front. Yes, Derrick Henry ran for, whatever, 100 yards, but I'm pretty sure the guy had 30 carries. <clears throat> that alone is insane. So James Conner is not going to take that workload. And that's about it there. I mean, right? Like, and he's on a questionable designation right now. So, on this one, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Brody. <clears throat> Next, we have no glove, no love. Error, 404. Team not found. They used to be the QB factory, though. Rich versus Trends. Now, this one is honestly closer than people I think will, will expect. Rich's team is making a turnaround very fast. I love Deontay Johnson. I'm going to be honest. To me, I mean, yeah, he only had what? Let me see what he had. 15 and a half. But every time you were looking up at the screen, Deontay Johnson was getting the yeah, He had 10 targets. Um, Working in the... He actually does work out of the slot quite a bit, despite Juju also doing that, but Juju works out wide a lot more. But Deontay Johnson is quickly becoming one of Big Ben's favorite targets, and that's I love that asset that he has. And that ass. Nah, come on. Djax, Waller, and Andrews. Like that I mean Djax is eh. I don't really like Deshaun Jackson, I'll be honest. He does have a couple options on the bench, and obviously that um Duke Johnson getting hurt didn't do many favors, but I do like Waller and Mark. Mark Andrews is just unbelievable. This is going to be a good game. I would expect that you're got you're going to have to expect the QBs have to play a big factor in this one. I think Deshaun Watson has a damn tough matchup in Baltimore. Man, Deshaun Watson, poor guy. Hey, Mahomes week one, Lamar week two. But Cam has a pretty hard matchup against Seattle. I think those two QB1s, because I am going to call Cam Trunza's QB1 over Tom all day. But it's that's a battle to me, I think, that that QB battle could also like, you know, because I saw last week there were teams that were losing. And me, for example, not to say that, you know, Russell Wilson tore my ass apart. And then my QBs didn't even combine for what Russ got. You aren't going to win many fantasy games in that instance. And I think it really depends on if Watson can show up, Newton can show up, that. Because these teams are pretty even down the line, I'll be honest. They are. So, I think I'm going to give it to Trunz. Um, It's close, though. 
I think that uh, obviously it really depends on, I mean, I do see a couple matchups that could be like, and is Brandon Cooks back to 100% yet? Like obviously he played last week, he was bringing a decoy. Haven't seen him 100%, but him and DJX, those are home run hitters, right? One of those guys can just break out and win you the game. But you know what? This is one's really close, but I'm going to give it to Truns. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to fucking give it to him, bud. And now we have uh, the Piss Cats, which is me, oh, rightful name, versus Sandy. Ah, uh, shit. Here we go again. But I'm going to just give it to Sandy because I am in the worst fucking position right now. I don't want to get too in-depth to it. I mean, I am starting Leonard Fournette and Jordan Howard. I am, and Saquon Barkley after last week's fucking performance. I'm willing to bet that Leonard Fournette and Jordan Howard, I mean, I'll, you can come back to this. I would bet that both of them combined for like eight touches. That's a pretty accurate assumption right there. And Buffalo's defensive front is no joke. And I already know they're going to just run Jordan Howard right into like a fucking, fucking loaded box every time. So you know what? Sandy's going to win that. I ain't got too much concerns, but he's going to win that one, though. And that is my predictions for this week. And don't get it twisted. I do think that there are going to be a lot of good games. So a game of the week is hard to pick. But I think a game that honestly one is going to be one that you have to watch is like Ferlano and Moose. Because... At the same time, Moose won last week, and Ferlano put up a hell of a battle. Obviously, yes, you could see like certain things went right for him. And I don't think Ferlano's projections do him complete justice. So, I think the only one that really kind of hurt him is Nikhil Harry. Other than that, I would look at his starting lineup and be like, man, there's not that. I'm not very concerned about Tyler Boyd's bad week one at all. So, it's like... That, to me, is going to be a closer game than I think the projections kind of say. And I think, like, this could be a kind of a game that sees, like, if Ferlano legit or not, in a way. Is his team legit? Could they perform to that type of level two weeks in a row? Because, I mean, a lot of teams, they can come out in week one firing, and then the next week they come out and they're just piss diggity do right? So we'll have to see with him. I think this is going to be my game of the week, and I gave it to Ferlano, so we're going to see what happens. But, um... Moving forward, I'm going to get into my power rankings. Now, the last time I did power rankings, you got to remember, a lot of trades happen, right? And whatnot. So, it's tough to go because I did them right after the draft compared to after week one with everything that's happened. So I'm not really going to mention like how far someone moved up or down. These are kind of like almost a new set of power rankings in a way, but really not. But anyway, starting at the bottom is the Piss Cats. And there's no way around it. Like the Piss Cats are the fucking Piss Cats. All right, moving on. We got Clark at number 11, mainly just because like that RB situation. It's kind of fucking them right now. And that's going to be a tough one to get out of. Um... Next, we have Ferlano, and I know Ferlano could actually be a little higher, but he was last in the first one, so he's moving up a bit, I guess. But I I think like certain like things going right for him, and he, he didn't even have Sutton in that game either, so that could have been a difference maker instead of Tim Patrick. But I got him I got him ranked at ten, so if he can continue to you know slowly prove that his team isn't like as bad as everyone thought it was after the draft just keep moving up brother 
Come into nine, we got Rich. And Rich, uh, I don't think he moved from last time, but um, mainly because it's still a lot of close teams, like from eight on. But he did lose in week one, and obviously that plays a factor. To some, to some extent, wins and losses will play a factor. And um, it kind of just, you know, didn't really go his way. So I think obviously that Baltimore game for Deshaun Watson is going to be huge this week. But I overall don't think his team layout is that bad. So I think like he has the positions, like respectable starters in each position pretty much almost. So it's like nine's okay for him and he can easily move up if he wins. So, And then at eight, we have Sandy. And Sandy can easily go even higher just because of Jonathan Taylor because I, I'm so high on Jonathan fucking Taylor. And I do think Hines is going to keep his same role, but I think you'll see more of Taylor than you did in week one, especially in the running game now too. I, guess I don't have to tell because of Marlon Mack, Achilles injury. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor is now an absolute problem. Or he will be. He can. Sandy's going to move up, obviously, because he'll probably just stick it to the Piss Cats this week. But you know how it works. And at seven, we have Lagro. And he won the game, obviously. And he was at 11 in the first power rankings. And I know I said I wasn't even going to compare, but I'm just kind of have it like beside me and I'm looking. But I was really impressed with the way that his team, you know, obviously defensively, he did have a lot of help. But like David Johnson looked good. Zach Moss didn't look terrible. McCaffrey was kind of McCaffrey. If Ruggs didn't leave with a leg injury, he could have had a lot better of a game also. He had a couple big gains. There are people that I wasn't sold on that are, you know, are slowly turning it around for him. So I think that that's big. And, you know, what's sitting him at seven, it's all good. He's still ducking me, though, but whatever. Right in the middle, we're going to slap Moose. Oh, just slap him. And, I mean, yeah, Moose did win, and he put up almost 400 points, right? So he had a pretty damn good week. And I think if Kareem Hunt's working out for him the way he did last week, like this team suddenly, it's just these flexes that are really old and moves back from just making a giant leap forward because his receivers are absolutely unbelievable. You know, and his quarterbacks too. So it's like, if he can just make those running backs, it's like the RB3 is the only thing I'm not really sold on with Cohen, but it's like those flexes just took a bit of an upgrade. It's like this team could be top three. No joke. But yeah, we got Moose there. Coming in at number five, we have Knack. And I know what you're thinking, that he's the pissed dogs, but you know, Knack did win. And all in all, I think it's just kind of fair to say that there are certain, like Michael Thomas being hurt, obviously, could bump him a bit down in overall strength of team right now. But Michael Thomas will be back. This isn't a season-ending injury. Not going to let that affect it that much. He does have Sand- excuse me, he does have Sanders and everything. So, I'll keep him at five. At four, we have Neller. And I think Neller might be one of the only, you know, guys I've ever put in the top four with a losing record. It's only week one. I did this because I think Neller still is one of the best teams in fantasy. He didn't have Galladay and he didn't have Miles Sanders. No, not because Ben's team still put up a ridiculous amount of points. But it's like Neller still is, to me, one of the best teams on paper in fantasy with those two healthy guys in the lineup. So I'm going to keep him at four despite the loss because I know that team can easily turn it around. At number three, we have Trends. I'm not worried about Mixon's, like, meh game. Like, Mixon's Mixon. He could, you know, he's going to bounce back. Gurley actually got solid usage. 
Singletary didn't look terrible. I mean, I think slowly Zach Moss is going to start, you know, making more plays. But as of right now, Singletary is a safe option for Trent. I don't know about the extent of it going forward, but he'll always get the touches. He's not going to just lose the job, I don't think. So, and then if you get a big play out of Crowder, if Kittle can stay healthy, I mean, Adam Thielen looked great also. Trent is a really solid team. Really, really solid team. And I mean, it obviously... Brady has to pick it up, but Cam Newton looks like a fantasy steal. I liked that pick right from the beginning when he made it and working out for him. At number two, we have BG. BG snuck out the win, but I still like BG's team on paper overall. I mean, I'm kind of thinking at it from a perspective of Lamar Jackson comes in 57 points, right? I mean, it's just this average. Like, you can expect that from Lamar. And Tannehill played a tough Denver D, and he's still, you know, he put up the points that you would have expected. Like, you didn't expect him to come in and light up the lamp, but he still proved that he can be a viable fantasy starter going forward. Chris Carson, I'm a little concerned with the running backs in on his team, honestly, but I think his receivers just way make up for it, and the running backs still have potential to just completely take over their backfield, you know? Like, Chris Carson is still going to be good without... With or without Carlos Hyde there, it's just the fact it's annoying to have Carlos Hyde there. James Robinson actually looked good. Cam Akers is an injury away or a big run away from, you know, stealing a job. Not stealing a job, but taking a majority of carries. So it's kind of like this team is like, this running backs can propel him right to the top. Because his receivers, I like them all. And obviously he has Lamar Jackson, who's just a fantasy football winner. The guy is a te- like a game winner. If Brody has a different quarterback there, like let's say like, you know, someone who's just an average quarterback, I don't know, like a Matt Stafford or something, instead of Lamar Jackson in that game, you know, he's not going to win. So it's like Lamar Jackson is so huge for any fantasy team. And the round Brody got him in is the way he, you know, was able to just construct another damn good fantasy team and I know he wants to make it better I know he's not the type to be sold on a team like this but it could easily work like and even as Dobbins on the bench remember Dobbins is literally could even win the job by the end of the year so that's why I have him at two which means we can only have Benny Burroughs at number one and he dropped 400 his team is just you know you just go and look at it Man, Derrick Henry's projected... (laughs) Yeah, Derrick Henry should be projected 48 points if he got 42 against the Denver front on 31 carries. That is a man's workload. Wow. The only thing I don't really think I'm sold on on Ben's team is Renfro. I mean, Renfro can easily turn it around. But, um... He does have Traquan Smith with, uh... Michael Thomas hurt, so that could be an option he looks into. Royce Freeman, now that Lindsay's out. Carlos Hyde is there. Carlos Hyde gets work. So he does have the options that he could put in for Renfro. Renfro only had seven points last week. They do have a lot of other like targets there now, too. So, all in all, that's the power rankings. Um... They obviously are going to be changing in like week by week with wins now more. It was kind of tough with the draft being right there, and now you have to do make it after week one. But yeah, like I'm pretty confident that I think that's somewhat. I feel those are the best teams in fantasy as of right now. 
The Piscats will probably be at 12 for at least another month or two, but you know what? Hopefully make a late season push or something, though. Now we got well shit. Three players that are going to do well and three that are going to do shit. Or as I like to say, piss and diggity do. But if you want to go with me, I'm looking right off the top with who's going to do well. I really think you have a lock in a... Well, he has to get the obvious amount of... Not going to get that amount of targets he got last week, but DeAndre Hopkins. If he gets the work, you know, like that... Or the looks that Kyler gives him, this... I mean, don't get me wrong. Nuke always got the looks. But he never got this amount of volume. Like 14 catches a game against, you know, San Fran team and a defense I mean yes Sherman did get hurt but you know like overall they are a pretty solid defense and yeah their secondary is a little banged up but it's sort of respectable like guys who aren't going to be able to blow the fucking game and steal you and I lock down corners but Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Witherspoon are two guys that aren't just you know terrible I don't really know if they're both still there I'm pretty sure but they were on the field for most of the time, and that could have been a big reason the nuke went off, but I'm honestly sold on DeAndre Hopkins this season. I know that's kind of one that's kind of like an obvious one, right? It's nuke. But no, I'm talking like a top three receiver all the way, especially if he gets that that amount of like volume. I mean, man, he can take them to the house like nothing, right? So if we're going to look for somebody else that I think is going to do well this week, and for me, I'm going to go again with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, to me, Clyde, I think he just showed last week what... Yeah, I mean, there is the argument any running back can do that. But, I mean, to me, it's just not the fact that any running back can do that in Andy Reid's offense. It is the fact what Clyde can do between the tackles at his size. And it's the fact that he was getting so much yards after contact at his size. And it's like, this guy can shift and change direction on a swivel. And it's like, how do you even, like, this guy is a little fucking muscle rat. How do you stop that coming out the backfield? How do you stop? He wasn't even getting a lot of catches. Like 25 carries? He didn't even have a catch, actually. So if this man starts getting even remotely involved in the pass game, it can be 10 times better, right? But I'm I'm sold on Edward Tiller going forward, and I think he's going to do well. I'm pretty sure he'll be an RB1 lock every week. Somebody else that I think is going to do well this week, I'm going to go with hmm, Jonathan Taylor. To me, Jonathan Taylor, like this can be his coming out party this week. As in, if he doesn't have a coming out party, it's going to be hilarious. But I'm going to tell you one thing that this guy can handle a workload in the NFL easily. Obviously, there are concerns about his pass-catching ability, and Naheem Hines is there. So I don't think you'll have to worry about him, you know, fucking his value that way because Hines has that job. Marlon Mack is gone now. You're going to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor in these main situations where Mack would spell him or vice versa. Hines is a good play, but in all honesty... Jonathan Taylor is 
going to be an RB2, if not better. I love Jonathan Taylor going forward. He's not just my well this week. He could be my well for the rest of the season, depending on the matchup. But this week especially, because it's kind of his first shot, right? I do expect him to do well. We're going to go with three shits. Somebody that I don't really care for this week is going to be Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks, I mean, he's still questionable. I have to, Let me see if he's actually still hurt, though. He's participating. He's not a full participant with that quad injury. So we'll see. And, I mean, Baltimore is a damn tough matchup. So that's somebody I'm not really completely sold on this week is Brandon Cooks. Another person I think that isn't going to do the best this week. I'm really not sold on Adrian Peterson having the game that he did again. Like, I don't think this guy is going to come out and do it. He easily could. But, and because I'm also not sold on Green Bay's Rundy. They didn't really have a good game in week one. So it's like, Adrian Peterson could have, the, could have a good performance, but I'm not really sold on him putting up, you know, RB1 numbers. That's 38.5 he did. So it's like, yeah, I don't think he'll live up to that. I mean, I could easily see him reaching his projection, I guess. So shit might be a little. But compared to what he did last week, I think he's going to be shit. If that's fair. And my last shit is uh, Kenny Britt because the dude's a bomb. So guys, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Um, the power rankings, my predictions in, my well shit. And yeah, so I think that'll be probably about it. I'll wrap it up and, you know fiddle my horn or something it's been a good week boys good luck this week unless you dropped fish and wildlife to be a cook nah i'm playing good luck neller <laughs>